Welcome to our new micro-podcast series, where authors answer four questions provided by the Journal of Neurophysiology's Editor-in-Chief, Professor Nino Ramirez. Hi, I'm Jamie Jones, your host, and I hope you enjoy this new series. Sit back, relax, and take a listen. Hello, and uh, welcome to the new JNP podcast series which offers short authored generated uh, summaries of recently published manuscripts. And today, Nick Borgraf, the first author and postdoc in my lab, and myself, Nino Ramirez, the senior author of the study, want to talk about our publication entitled Inspiratory Rhythm Generation is Stabilized by IH. And the authors are Nick Borgraf, Ryan Phillips, Lisa Sievers, Nick Bush, Nathan Batch, and Jan Marino Ramirez. So Jan Marino Ramirez is the same as Nino Ramirez. I'm just my nickname. And uh, we both work here at the Seattle Children's Research Institute and the University of Washington in Seattle. And yes, Nick, today it's sunny, even if you don't believe that. And, um, and we basically have our team of electrophysiologists computational neuroscientists, and we study the role of the IH current. Now, the IH current is generated by a hyperpolarization-activated cyclic nucleotide-generated uh, gated channel, or IHCN channel. And these channels are kind of special because they are activated by membrane hyperpolarization, and not like most other voltage-activated channels, by membrane depolarization. Now, the IH current has important roles in many systems that generate rhythmic activities, for example, the thalamus or the heart. And in the study that we're talking about today, the IH current is safeguarding the breathing network against opiate-induced respiratory depression, or OIRD. And this is clinically a really very relevant topic because opiates are powerful painkillers, but they can lead to addiction and drug abuse. And in 2021, 107,000 people died of opiate overdoses in the United States alone. And they die because opiates depresses breathing, they stop breathing, and then it's fatal. Now, the rhythm that drives breathing is generated by a specialized region in our brainstem, the so-called pre-Bötzinger complex. And this cluster of neurons are located in the brainstem, to be specific, in the medulla. And it generates rhythmic activity that then drives the motor neurons that uh, generate the inhalation. So, And the inhalation, as you can imagine, keeps us alive. So opiates um, are, as I said, powerful painkillers. It's a very big problem. And Nick, why don't you take over now and first introduce yourself and then tell us why this is such a cool study. Thanks, Nino. Yeah, I'm Nick. I'm a postdoc in Nino's lab. Um, I study the neural control of breathing. A lot of my focus is on actually the physiological control of breathing and understanding how changing different neural pathways can ultimately have an effect on uh, the overall physiology. So, you know, as Nino already said, the, the IH current or the H current contributes to rhythmic firing of neurons. And so we hypothesize that the channel could actually act as a protective mechanism against opioid-induced hyperpolarization. Because basically, if the opiates come in and they, they act to hyperpolarize the neurons, theoretically, this channel should turn on, which should depolarize the cells and work against the opioid-induced respiratory depression. So that was really the hypothesis that we came in with. And so in order to test the hypothesis, what we had to do is we had to actually block the H current. And we did this both in isolated pre complex uh, rhythmic slices, or I should say rhythmic slices that contain the pre complex uh, in order to isolate the network in vitro, 
And we also did it in vivo in the whole animal preparation in order to understand whether or not these findings could be translated into the intact animal system. And the results actually were remarkable. So when, when we blocked the IH current, or that we blocked the H current, the pre-Botzinger complex, or the rhythm that the pre-Botzinger complex was producing, showed an increase in what we call burstlet activity. So basically, um, this is an indicator of the sub-threshold oscillations, or um, essentially, uh, it's creating these, these sub-threshold bursts that don't get translated into motor activity. And so we can use it kind of as a output for desynchronization of rhythmic activity or an indicator of that. And so, you know, after we found that, we had to try to understand where the, the H current was actually expressed. And so we found that the, the H current was expressed, it was highly prevalent in a specific subset of neurons functionally within the pre-Botzinger complex termed tonic neurons. And so basically within the network, there's different types of phenotypic activities that neurons possess. Some are, some are tonically active, so they just go pop, pop, pop through all phases of the inspiratory cycle. Some are bursting and some are silent. And so we looked at all the different neurons. And essentially the H current, what we found was that the H current was primarily expressed predominantly within those tonic neurons that just spike throughout all phases of the inspiratory cycle. And so when we blocked the H current, we found that the, the tonic neurons themselves actually stopped firing. And remarkably, the respiratory network actually became more sensitive to opioids, which, which kind of gave us an idea that perhaps, you know, these tonic neurons actually play a role in protecting against the opiate-induced respiratory depression, or at least, you know, these, these neurons that have a, a strong expression of the H current within the network. And so it appears really that the H current in those neurons acts as a protective mechanism and shields our respiratory network from the opioid-induced respiratory depression. So the insights are actually really valuable. So by revealing the role actually of the IH current as a, as a compensatory mechanism against the opioid-induced respiratory depression, we really are one step closer to understanding the intricate mechanisms that govern our breathing and, and how we might be able to mitigate conditions like OIRD. And what makes it unique is that this, this study focused on the intrinsic currents or the intrinsic properties of the neurons themselves rather than, you know, most of the studies today look at trying to find ways that we can create novel mechanisms or create novel ways in order to kick the opioid off the receptor. But this sort of changes that and it, it, it flips the way that we look at opioid-induced respiratory depression because, you know, theoretically there should be compensatory mechanisms acting against it. And when we start to get the opiate-induced respiratory depression, that's when these compensatory mechanisms fail to compensate for these opiates. And so by looking at the mechanisms that are actually naturally acting against the opioid-induced respiratory depression, we might be able to find ways to enhance them or to augment these natural compensatory mechanisms to create a different way to combat the opioid crisis. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, Nick, this is really cool because <clears throat> you, you might think, you know, why don't we block just the opiate receptor? And that's what's normally done, you know, like if you have an overdose, you're given uh, Narcom or Naloxone, which blocks the opiate receptor. The only problem is you also release all these withdrawal syndromes and, and people that you try to save actually become very angry and upset with you. And uh, uh, because basically everything, the pain comes back, etc. And they actually don't want to live. And, and so we have to find other ways that target directly the network rather than uh, just the opiate receptor in general. So that's why I think this is really a very cool study. But there are many new next steps. For example, uh, we still don't quite know exactly how the IH current does it. Because uh, as you can see also in our paper, when uh, Ryan Phillips got involved, the computational neuroscientist, 
the model didn't really replicate our findings, so we don't know exactly how it does it. Secondly, you know, we focus on the rhythmic neurons in the network. All all my life, I did this, and uh, but. Uh, we don't know exactly how the tonic neurons regulate breathing. So there will be a lot of work now to focus on the property of these tonic neurons. How do they stabilize it? And then, of course, uh, also we have to find practical ways how to target this, this ion channel and also how to target these neurons because at the moment we don't know exactly what is their identity uh, do they have some other special functions that we can target? So I think we're uh, starting a, a new kind of area era to, to get deeper into the underlying mechanism. So, yeah, Nick, I think we have a lot to do still. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much. And now we go back and enjoy the sun in Seattle, okay? <laughs> All three hours of it. <laughs> three hours. <laughs> okay. Bye-bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. This podcast was brought to you by the Journal of Neurophysiology and produced by me, Jamie Jones. If you would like to hear our latest episodes, please visit the Journal of Neurophysiology's homepage.